So as part of our horror month leading up to Halloween, we've decided to do a series of horror films. This episode's movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Um, I, um, well, I'm trying to work out when did I see this? Pretty much, I reckon, late 90s. So when did it come out? 74? And then yeah. it was banned for a while, wasn't it? And then did it come back in the 80s? I think, Prog, you got a specific like memory of this, haven't you? Uh, well, it was part of the video. It was banned because it was. I'm sure it was included in the video nasty movement. I think it was. Un- I think it was re-released or unbanned in '98 or '99, like the late '90s. I think that's when it came back out. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it was when that all of those films were finally re-released, as it were. Uh, maybe I'm getting this mixed up with The Exorcist then, because I remember you saying that you specifically went and looked for The Exorcist when it was re-released. Sort of oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't have any specific memories watching it as a kid. There was probably, I reckon. Sorry, yeah. it was what? just, just it was May two thousand. It was uh, re-released. Yeah. Was, so the ban was lifted in May two thousand. So twenty two years ago. So yeah, so I was a bit older then than what I thought I was. So this probably would have been around about university time, start of university for me. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I saw it roughly when it was released because of the hype around it. I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I really want to see this film. I want to see how bad it is. Expected it to be really violent, and we'll get on to that, no doubt. But ultimately, it's not a really a violent film. No, no, it's not. What, have you, um, what do you remember of it then, Ad? So I, I can actually remember the first time I saw this very, very, very vividly. Um, so me and... So, like I said, it was re-released in like in 2000, but Channel 4 had the first, I think it was like one of the first ever TV airings of it in the UK. And I think it was like, it would have been around about 2003 sort of times because I was about 14. And um, me and my brother stayed up late one night to watch it on Channel 4. And um, yeah, it is one of the one of the few horror films, because I don't get scared very easily by horror films, which is um, something we'll get into later on. But this re- this really genuinely did freak me out when I was younger because I'd never seen something as macabre and like horrible and disturbing before, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it just stuck with me. But I've always been a huge like even when I saw when I was fourteen, I was like that was a great movie, and I've always thought it was a great horror film from that point onwards, basically. Um, I've just brought up a statement, right? And it says, after the initial British release, release, sorry, including a one-year theatrical run in London, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was initially banned on the advice of BBFC. Um, and subsequently, um, this run then, um, it was enforced because of the word chainsaw, hmm. according to that. Um, and then in 1998, it was granted a license to be shown in Camden, London. And then the following year, it, um, it was allowed to be released. So looking at about 99, 2000. Yeah. And then it was shown on Channel 4. So yeah. One other, one other thing to quickly get out there, just for my first experiences of it as well. I remember, I've, I've spoke about my nan quite a few times in this podcast and how she would tell me about films I should never see. But this was one of the films she mentioned to me and my brother when we were younger, because... She said to us, oh, the worst film ever made or something like one of the worst horror films ever is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, this is in a time where there's no internet. There's no way to find out what that film is. All, all I had in my mind was, a, was, a, was the title. 
And I remember telling my friends in school that there's this film out there apparently called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I remember years before I finally saw it when I was 14, in my head, I was always like, that's probably the most violent movie ever. Because in my head, I was just, it's just a guy cutting people's heads off. A, a relentless 90 minutes of just pure people getting dismembered with a chainsaw. But obviously, it's not that at all, is it? But um, I just remember that when I was younger. What about you, Prague? I, I don't have any real recollections of when I first watched it. I, I know I watched it when not soon after it was re-released. And I remember thinking that it was a good film, but also I, I even at the time I kind of, because what well, we would have been pushing probably 20, something like that. But I remember realising or recognising why people thought the way they did about it. And even rewatching it last night, there's it's definitely I would say op- oppressive is the word. Like the soundscape to the film, like that chains. If that chainsaw isn't after, obviously you push past the first 20, 30 minutes, where it's pretty much setting all the characters up, and then bang, you're introduced to Leatherface. From that moment, if that chainsaw isn't going off, that girl is screaming. And it's non-stop. And I think yeah. that's why people thought more of it. It's psychological, isn't it, rather than actual violence. Because I think, I'm pretty sure, I watched the programme on Channel 4, actually, when it was getting re-released. And they were talking about the 10 most notorious films up to that point. Then you had films like Exorcist and... They spoke about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they were spoken about for various reasons, whether it be horror, violence, uh, psychological impact, this, that and the other. And when the people on the panel re-watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they actually made the point that there's only two moments of actual gore that you would consider gore. And one of them is when Leatherface actually cuts his own leg with a chainsaw. Yeah. So you never actually see any gore or violence to the kids. You just know it's happening. You, you see a couple of like hammers to the head, but you don't get blood splatter or anything like that. You no, you don't see the impact, do you? Mm. And I think the film, I think the film has held up so well because it concentrates on other aspects, whereas other directors, producers, they'd be... If they had a title like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they'd be like, right, we got to show everything. Did you did you know that um, originally Toby Hooper, and this isn't like just during the scripting phases, I mean, during the editing phases, he was trying to pass this with a PG rating. No, I, I read that. <laughs> it's ridiculous, know, isn't it? He, he was just like, he was fully convinced this could be a PG rated like drive through movie. And they were just like, mate, no. Like, no way. <laughs> I mean, even though this hasn't got much violence in it. I agree with it being an 18th. Yeah. It's the peril, isn't it? The peril that the characters are in. It's it's not just the peril, it's the is the world building, isn't it? It's just the it's just the the I use this word already, but the macabre sort of like like the thing that they they just their house is made out of dead bodies and stuff. It's just minging. You know what I mean? It's not it's not for kids, is it? You know what I mean? It's, well I watched it when I was 14, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Well also when you see like to begin with, the the old man who's got the the gas like the garage, he's talking about the barbecue he's got, 
And mm. obviously you come to realise later what he got on the barbecue. Yeah. And it's just little details like that. And what I like about the film is that it's never explicit in saying, oh, let's cut those kids up and put them on the barbecue. It's never like that. It's left to you to to join the dots. Not that there's many dots to join, but you know, it doesn't like spell it out for you all the time because sometimes in films I can't handle stuff like that. And it could never pass as 18 anyway. Like a leather face himself when like, you know, someone else is facing theory. Mm. Oh, oh, that, that, well, that dinner scene, isn't it? Where, oh, yeah. he keeps, where he keeps sort of like leaning into the girl and you're just like, oh God. You know, when I was when I was a kid, right, um, I was like, because I was like, we've talked about this before, but because I was allowed to watch so many 18s, I had a bit of a reputation as like, if you go around my house after school, you can see like some horror movies and stuff, like, because I had loads of films on video. We, we had a mate like that, but instead of horror films, it was porn. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't have the, my friend, my friend Dean was the one with the pornos. Um, I was the one with, I'm not even making that up. That's true. Like, but I was the one with horror films and stuff. And um, I just, I just remember like, I, I, if I stayed up to watch a film, I would tape it off television and much the same, same goes to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, do that thing where you pause it when the advert starts. So you cut out all the adverts from the, um, David should do that when you were younger. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I remember like um, a friend, a friend coming up after school one day and they were like, we talked about it in school, like chuck this on. And I just remember it freaked him out, man. They they couldn't take just the leather face, like mm. is when he comes out and he's, you know, when he's licking his teeth under the mask, yeah. it was just like they thought it was just fucking twisted. They 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 must have thought it was they thought it was like a snuff movie I had. They they couldn't <laughs> see how anything in it was fake and special effects, because you know, it all looks real, doesn't it? The bones and stuff everywhere. Well, well the I, film I what, the film was marketed as as a true story, though, wasn't it? Well, even though it's not, you got that bit at the very beginning, sort of explaining the story, and then yeah, back when it came out, supposedly there was a lot of marketing around it being based on a true story. It's, it's, it's semi based on it's kind of semi based on the Ed Gein story, isn't it? The that's the influence for the the script, yeah, yeah. Because I think Toby Hooper said that uh, when he was younger. Um, the Ed Gein story was always told to him as a sort of spook, spooky story when he was a kid. And he just kind of had that in his mind, like a body made out of a house made out of dead bodies of any. That, that guy, Ed Gein, he's influenced so many films or stories. Yeah. It's like, ridiculous. Like Psycho, um, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty much like, I got to give it to old Ed Gein. I mean, what he did wasn't cool, but. The film industry thanks you, mate. You know, <laughs> yeah. Because there are loads of films based on old Ed Gein, in it. But, but I think with Ed Gein, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I watched a documentary about him before, and um, he lived with his brother, and they kept their dead mother in the house, and I think maybe that is what played the part in, you know, the family thing being. The, I yeah, just probably just well inspired. But what I wanted to ask was, imagine living in that house. Leatherface's house. The smell. I can't. I can't begin to imagine the smell. But then, are they used to the smell? Because obviously, they used to work in the slaughterhouse, didn't they? What do you reckon a typical night in is like? A Saturday night in for the Leatherface family is like. Um, yeah, probably butchering, if not humans, some form of animal. Mm, taxidermy. Stitching. Leather hide into body parts, basically whatever. What's his name from Silence of the Lambs? 
James James Gubbs or James Gubbs, yeah. But the the Sawyer family is what they called me. You find that at number two that they called the Sawyer, the Sawyer family. Right, I, I I've never seen number two, and I think you've told me this, but isn't the second one a little bit more comical? Um, a little bit is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> it is a flat out comedy movie. It is like number two is weird. Like I just um, is is got some good like Dennis Hopper's in it. It's got some good things going for it, but it's not that good. It's like like I know I like a lot of like what you guys say are trashy horror films, but even I have my limits. And Jesus Christ, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two is a bit too hard to. It's a bit too much of a leap for me, that one is. So that came out about 12 years later. Yeah, with Canon, with Canon Films. I don't know if you... Uh, I think we've talked about them a couple of times yeah. on the podcast, haven't we? Superman 4 and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but Toby <laughs> Hooper had a good relationship with him. He made a few films with Canon. Like um, like he made... Um, what was that one? Life Force he made with Dan O'Bannon? Mm, I, think he did, yeah. um, I think he did Eaten Alive as well. He did a couple. I think he did a couple of them. This was his, the thing is, though, if ever you're going to be known for a film, like whatever you may think of Toby Hooper since Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this film is worth just doing on its own, isn't it? Like, I know, obviously, the one people will always jump to is Poltergeist, but I just don't think of that as his movie. I, I know that's really, that sounds quite harsh, but it's just that old story, isn't it? Spielberg wanted to direct it, couldn't get the... Um, the guild to approve the director's guild to approve it, so we got a puppet director in. Well, look how different that film is shot compared to every other Toby Hooper film. Well, yes, yeah, the thing is, look how different it is to every other Toby Hooper film, but similar to every other Spielberg film. Yeah, and it, I, I got to be honest, if, if that, if he, to be honest, I, that's one of my favorite Spielberg films as well. Poltergeist is. I mean, I just, I just pretend, I just count it as one of his films because it is pretty much, it is a Spielberg movie. That's one of the better ones he made, in my opinion. Let, let's not go there tonight on this podcast, Dad. I know. <laughs> but like, but he did make a couple of good movies, though. Toby did. It just, yeah, but you're right. He never quite topped the heights of uh, old Texas Chainsaw. Did yeah, he? but I, I'm saying that doesn't matter. Because if your best film is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's not many filmmakers who have done better films than that. Yeah. We did. Or more impact, films, at least more impactful films, anyway. Well, another one people always um, look back on fondly is, is Salem's Lot. Is, is is adaptation of Salem's Lot, which is the um, the two part TV movie. Never seen it. I was going to say I was looking at his um, film stuff, then I didn't see it, but yeah, I haven't seen that either. It's all right. It's not like I I, I love the book Salem's Lot, but the the TV movie's okay. It's not terrible, but it's a bit it's a bit naff if you've read the book. If that makes sense, you kind of you kind of see what's missing from it, really. Uh, he's done Freddy's Nightmares as well. Yeah, he did a cutscene. Yeah. Uh, look, at, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen this film, Spontaneous Combustion. That's all right. It's like a bit of a cheesy, hammy drama. You must about... have seen the Fun House. No, I, I've not seen. I've not seen Fun House. I, I've, um, I've seen it. I, I think it's, it's that typical sort of, you know, seventies, early eighties type of horror movie that you know probably me and you quite like you know yeah. puppet master style i like thing. i like i like all those uh, mosses chops um you know full moon pictures is what they call those car company but yeah why are we even puppet master on this podcast yet andrew that's uh that's, that's one we need to get on to yeah yeah i've uh i haven't seen it in years all those type because the local video shop that i rented or i rented videos from sorry had um a horror section which would have had 
every one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's when I was introduced to things like critters, puppet masters, toys, dolls, cellar dweller. Well, dolls is one you always you always bring up dolls. That's like yeah, a, and I I got a funny feeling we'd watch it and it'd be shit. But I, um, I, I saw it a couple of years back. It's like a Stuart Gordon in it, so I, I've got like a I've got like a lot of I've got a soft spot for it. Like, but uh, I always know. remember there's one line in it, and there's the, the little girl, and um, I think like the teddy bear's just killed someone, and she just turns around and she goes, "Oh, Teddy." Or something like that happens in it. It's like really out of place. And I used to quote it all all the time as like a 10-year-old boy. Oh, Teddy. Still do it now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it just sort of popped into my head where we were talking about it then. Yeah. Uh, going back to this movie then, right? Favourite aspect for me, and we I'm not going to touch on it much more, but it's the gore. Or the lack of gore, if that makes any sense. So it's the sort of the editing or the rawness um, and... You know, just the craziness of what you see, I think, makes it so intense. Yeah. Which then ends up that or makes your mind create what you don't see in the movie and fills in the gaps. And I, that's what I like about this movie. Like, I think if you went in expecting, and I think I did when I first watched this, I went in expecting it to be uber violent, and that's why it was banned. And then when I first watched it, I probably came away disappointed and thinking. What what was that? Yeah. But I think I've only ever seen this. I think this was the third time, and I've got a more of appreciation for it now, yeah. because of what it creates as a film. You know, I think it's all too easy to just make a film which is violent for the sake of being violent. Um, but when you can create something where yeah, your mind is playing tricks with you, I think that's um, that's great. Uh, similar to what we did with set or what we said with seven about whether you see the head in the box at the end. And technically, mm. you don't. But there's a pile of people out there that, that believe they see the head. And I think it's because their mind fills in the gaps. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, I always remember being worse uh, was the Meetuck scene when he chucks the... Um, what's the character's name? You know, Kirk's girlfriend. I can't remember her name now, but he, he chucks it up on the Meetuck. But then again, that still is horrible though, because it's just, it's just the actress and obviously... Can you imagine just being hung up like that? Well you, well, you don't see it, do you? You don't physically see it going in, but you know exactly what's happening. You feel it. Yeah, yeah you feel it, you oh. hear it. And I'll say now, that's my favourite scene this time around, watching it, because you, you, what, you're you exactly right. You feel it as, as a viewer, what's happening. And it makes matters worse. She's put on a hook. She's still alive. She's then yeah. having to deal with her own pain of that. And then she has to watch her, um, her boyfriend get chopped up. Mm. The, the, and the, the, watching it this time, I was just like, oh, that's horrendous. That How? sort of double impact. And she's not even dead when they put her in the freezer. <laughs> well, I got a question on that, but yeah, but go on. What? Sorry, Ed. How, did, how didn't they get a PG? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like you, <laughs> you see it. Yeah. Keep watching just like, yeah, so in this scene now, she gets put up on a meat hook and she's watching her boyfriend get chopped up by a chainsaw. Where's my PG, please? <laughs> they were like, what the fuck are you on about, Tobe? <laughs> As they slap him with the ban instead. Yeah. It's just like out and out banned. Like just I but the thing is I know that Toby Hooper is quite famous for smoking a lot of uh reefer, a lot of oh, weed. Man. And he uh, famously used to do it on a lot of his film sets, most notably Poltergeist, which him and Spielberg butted heads on quite a lot. So I, I can only imagine he just kind of just completely baked when he was uh, editing this and just being like, Yeah, to be a PG, no problem. Well, then, yeah, but 
I tell, I tell, I tell you a favorite aspect of mine though for this one is um just like I tell you what like the atmosphere itself like the smell and like you could just you can smell while the characters are smelling you can you feel as claustrophobic you feel as sweaty as them you feel as nervous and uncomfortable all the way through you know that bit with the cage chicken that chicken's in a cage you feel like you just feel a bit like that really you just locked into this fucking horrible movie it's like it's kind of like the ultimate haunted house movie in a mm. weird way yeah because god oh god you ever you just it's it's just a stinking film it's it's minging that's the that's to his credit by the way that's 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 it's a very powerful thing the film does but yeah you just i just love how you just really just ugh, put you in the character shoes you know what i mean um, any other favourite aspects, Rog? Um, well, originally I was struggling which one to pick, but I think I'm going to pick the performances, but especially the old man and the hitchhiker. The guy playing the old man, I think it's Jim Cedo. So th- this is the um, the petrol... Um, the ga- the, yeah, the, the gas the, station. Um, old yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I think he's fucking great in this film. Though the scene where he basically puts her in a, in a sack and drives her back to the house. And he's like, ja- he's jabbing her with that brush. But he's almost like taking delight in it. I just, I didn't realise the first few times I watched it, but watching it last night, I was like, God, he's really good. He is really good. For a low budget film, all you can ask for is for to try and get hold of some actors that that will give you, you know, everything possible to the role. And especially when you're talking about roles such as those, I think the hitchhiker and the old man roles. I think the the actors are brilliant. A fair play to the girl, who, the woman who plays Sally as well. Her tonsils must have been red raw by the end of filming. Marilyn Burns, rest in in peace. Yeah, good actress. I I tell you what I like about the the old man or the petrol um, attendant or whatever his name is. Um, She's got a knife and he he, he defeats her with a broom. Yeah. (laughs) I'm being a bit sort of sarcastic there with that, right? But I did physically laugh out loud how sort of absurd it was. And he's just sort of like tickling her with a broom. Yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, it's, 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 it's like my frog said. I just love it when he's in the car. He's just he's driving on a straight road like this. He's going, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. He's like, is, is maniacal laugh or grin as he's like jabbing and he's getting enjoyment from it. And you're just like, oh, this guy's fucking off his head. Well, they all are, aren't they? But um, so what's his relation to that family? Is he part of that family? Yeah, yeah they're, they're all brothers. Ah, oh, right. Okay, I didn't get that bit. Yeah, they're all like brothers, I guess, but like they're all a bit. The three of them are brothers, and then they got their granddad and their either their mother or grandmother dead upstairs. I think it's the mother upstairs, is what it is. I'm not sure, yeah. but like, but there's it's a bit of there's a bit of inbreeding. It's meant to say, but there's a bit of inbreeding being going on as well, isn't it? So but yeah. the weirdest one is the fucking hitchhiker brother. He's the weirdest one. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I like him. As not necessarily the character, but the way that the guy is just so manic with it. I, you know, I, I will say sort of hats off to him for playing him like that, but it, it did get on my tits a little bit. But um, here's a question for you: Would you pick up a hitchhiker after seeing this film? 
No. Because no. <laughs> I bloody wouldn't. Have you ever picked up a hitchhiker before, guys? Ever? No. I don't think the UK is somewhere you would, though, is it? My, um, is, is it against the law in this country? I think it is, but I think it's against the law in America, but it's one of those things with how the fuck are they going to find out, find out about it? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it against the law to pick up a hitchhiker or against the law to hitchhike? I think it's, I think it's a bit of both, really. But um, I think, but I don't know. I mean, I, I can't, the thing is, the UK is very small. It's a small country, isn't it? So you don't have to walk that far to get to a train station or a bus stop. But in America, obviously, we're talking about drifters and stuff out of hitchhiking, aren't we? So I think it's more commonplace in places like Australia and America, where they're quite vast places. But I've never, ever felt the need to hitchhike before. No, I'm just looking at it. So I think hitchhiking isn't banned in the UK, but it's illegal to walk on the side of motorways and slip roads. So that bit of hitchhiking is illegal. You you stand in there with your thumb out and whatnot. The, the worst I can think about is like I can remember like being a kid. This isn't really hitchhiking though, but um, you know, it could have been I could have been like uh, Madeline McCann or something. But uh, you know, you'd be walking you'd be walking home, and like one of your mates' parents would rock and be like, Adam, do you want a lift? And you just jump in the car with them and they just drive you home. But that count as hitchhiking. I remember that when I was a kid. But like... I, I got a story, actually, and Prague is part of this. So me, Prague, and our mate Lee went to the cinema in Swansea. And on the way back, my mum ran out of petrol. And we then walked to a petrol station, which was, I, I don't think it was that far, maybe like three miles, two miles, three, well, in my head, it's probably like five miles, but it's probably like two or three miles. And on the way back, I was carrying a petrol can. And I think... Prague and, um, and Lee were a little bit behind me. And someone stopped and asked, oh, mate, do you want a lift? I, I've seen the you know the car's broken a bit further up. And it was just a single guy on his own. And I says, nah, you're right, mate. And we would have been maybe <laughs> around rubbing. 14 at the time. Just rubbing his knees. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have any pants on either. No, he patted the, set, the seat next to him. <laughs> patted and stroked it. Not, not, the, not these two, just... <laughs> when I got to your nose at the same time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I've never hitchhiked either. Probably would if I was drunk. But... The only thing I've ever done is basically when I was a kid, like a friends' parents would just be like, "Ah, don't lift home if it was raining," and I was I was caught out in the rain. That's it. But you know, I'm still alive to tell the tale, and I did black out a couple of times, but it was all fine. <laughs> when you saw the um, the free candy um, van go past the yeah. side door, opens. want some free candy, kid? <laughs> but yeah. Especially in the valleys. I mean, you never need to hitchhike on the valleys. Christ, like, you'd have to be the laziest person in the world to have to hitchhike. You walk about an hour and you're on the other side of it. So, Well, plus, you probably know 90% of the people who drive past anyway. So technically, is it hitchhiking if you go in the car with them? Yeah, exactly. It's just a friend giving you a lift in it, really. <laughs> but to actually stand like this, like with your thumb out like that, being like, I don't know. If you ever see someone doing that on the M4, drive on by, listeners. Well, you see a lot of um, you know, people who deliver cars, they, they'll do it and they sort of hold out their little number plate that they use to, to indicate that they're, that's their profession. So they'll deliver yeah. a car somewhere and then normally they get an allowance to get back home. Yeah. But a, a few of them will just hitchhike oh, because just, they don't spend the money then. I just remembered actually, like um, I just remembered, a, not really a hitchhiker story, but my grandfather um, used to have a bit of a beef with this guy but used to like he used he was a, he was a bit of an alky, but used to go to the same pub as him, and uh, 
he would always some he used to give him a lift sometimes he'd be driving home be like oh i forgot what his name is now let's call him bob bob do you want a lift back to your house and he would jump in when a couple of times my grandfather was unable to give him a lift home because he was going somewhere else and bob stopped speaking to him so he had a couple he gave him a couple of lifts out of kindness when times he couldn't actually do it and he saw him in the pub one day and bob was like you won't give me a lift yeah what's called you fucking good for nothing all like this at him so my grandfather fell out with someone through kindly giving him a few lifts a few times I mean, because he didn't give him a lift, but he was trying to say to him, I wasn't going your way those days. And he's like, I don't care, you should just look at me left. That sounds like something one of your friends would do, Ad. Yeah? Yeah, someone that uh, I I know. Yeah, well, that's what happened. That's a proper value. I think that's an Ebervale trait, that. That's a, I think that's a knob-end trait, to be honest, because, like, I wouldn't expect that person to give me a lift over time then. I'd just be like, oh, sometimes every now and then I might get a lift from that guy. But on those days, he couldn't do it. But my grandfather fell out because when we used to drive past him, my grandpa would be like, he's a fucking arsehole, that guy is. It's the, it's <laughs> the uh, expectancy, isn't it? The entitlement. That's it. Yeah, that's a better word. We have got into, like, right now, a, a sort of thesis-style conversation about, like, why you shouldn't... The sort of pros and cons, mainly on the cons of hitchhiking. <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not a lot of pros though is it well as the guy giving the lift other than that sort of um feeling of yeah i'm doing something good for someone there's, there's no benefit unless you're the sort of guy who um enjoys company i tell you where you get a lot hit there's been awesome hitchhikers you, i i do see hitchhikers in cardiff sometimes or if you down by the magic roundabout there's always hitchhikers down there like waving down cars and Asking for lifts and stuff, but uh, are they the ones with short skirts on? They are the ones with short skirts on, yeah. But I've, I've yet... coming back from a night out there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're always they're always in the world about like they're always they're always really nicely dressed and stuff, you know. Always around dusk as well. Yeah, always like two in the morning and stuff, you know. I do see some people pick them up as well. Oh, and good on them, I see. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice that it's you know nice old <laughs> men picking them up. Lovely, pat in the seat. Yeah. Come on, favorite scenes. Where else have people go? Uh, I'm just going to go back to what you said about the first time you see Leatherface. I think that whole four or five minute section with the first two kills is great. The, the thing is, you, you, okay, you get a bit of craziness beforehand with the hitchhiker, right? But that first time he appears and just clonks him on the head with a hammer within like a 10 second period, you're like, Jesus Christ, what just happened? And then it's over. But also, I, I, it was either an interview with Toby Hooper or I saw it in a documentary where they were saying that Leatherface, they, they were almost trying to not excuse Leatherface, but they were trying to give a reason why he was doing what he was doing. And it's because these kids kept coming into the house. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, and obviously Leatherface, there's something wrong with him, isn't there? Like he doesn't talk, he makes noises. He's obviously he's wearing a fucking someone else's face for a start. But they were trying to say they're like because these kids were coming in, he was just like oh, just smashing people. But sort of fair enough. Someone just came into your house. You know, you you got a right to defend yourself. I think, I, there's some... I think I think the point though is that they've been killing people way before <laughs> all that happened. So you know. I just, I just thought it was an interesting viewpoint from people who were involved in the film. Do you reckon Leatherface is sloth from the Goonies? 
Well, could be. Underneath, well, you get to, you do get to um, explore the character of Leatherface a bit more in some of the other films. Does he his... ever take his mask off in the other films? No, he never takes it off. Oh, never... well, like, I quite like that then. Does he take it off in the remake, Ad? No, he doesn't. He never takes it off. But um, I've seen now. I've seen all of the sequels and the remake. Of course, you have. Inclu- Including, isn't there a 3D version? Texas Chainsaw 3D. I've seen, yeah, that one as well. I got, I got loads of one, but you can't see behind me. But I got loads of one Blu-ray behind me as well. I'm gonna give a quick well, in rundown. The field behind you. In the field, well, past the field. There's a, there's a DVD pa- past shelf. Leatherhead. There's a DVD shop, and I've got all the films there. But um, I'm gonna give a quick rundown of them. Like number two, I'm gonna write that one off as a comedy movie. But number three, Leatherface, which is called. You do get to find out a bit more about him in that one, and you get a bit more. There's a bit more about the family in it as well. But, you know... Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey and Rennie Zellweger? That's Next Generation. That's the one when he's... That's the one when he... That's a hell of a cast in that. Yeah, it's, it's both like their first film. It's oh, fucking right. terrible film, though. It's I, It's got a big director behind it, that one as well. I think, I'm think i going to double check now. I think it's Rennie Harlan. No, I'm completely wrong. No, Kim Henkel, the guy that wrote um, the, fir- the, the first film, directed that one, but... It's just a really bad movie. Like, it's just not good. But in that one, he's like transgender, Leatherface is. He's all about um, the fact that he's like, um, doesn't know if he's a man or a woman. Head of his time. It is a bit ahead of his time, yeah. But that's a big thing that, because he's wearing like a lingerie thing in that one all the time. It's really weird. Oh, I've seen images of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not the best film. Uh, the remake's really good, though, from 2003. And um, I tell you one thing that's really... Even though I do love the guy playing the old man in this one, I love Ali Emery in um, oh. the remake. It's great. Different kind of old man there, though, isn't it? I love the remake. I think the remake is not as good as the original, but it's a really good movie. And like it gets a lot of flack from some people, but I loved it. I'll tell you a story about the remake. I went to the cinema to watch the remake when it came out, and I went with my girlfriend at the time, uh, and she hated horror films, but we bought two tickets, went in. We were the only people in the cinema, and within 10 minutes, she started crying because she couldn't handle a film. So I said to her, we can leave if you want, and she said, no, it's okay, we'll stay because I know you want to watch it. And I was in my head, I was like, good, because I do want to watch it. So we stayed and watched it. Wow. And so you traumatised her for like You broke up the next day, didn't you? You remember you telling me that story before? No, no. It wasn't the <laughs> film that broke us up, but we stayed together for another three years after that. Yeah. she. I mean, a lot a lot of those three years is her in counselling, but, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, she had repressed a lot of feelings from that from yeah. that day. You came home one day, didn't you? And she was just wearing someone else. She was wearing a leather face mask and just dancing around the house. She, had, she was lying on the bed with a chainsaw next to her and she just patted the bed. God, I, see the thing is right. I mean, and it's I, some people they just can't take the horror films, can they? But like, I I always like and like you know it's not. But I always for me, I think because I started watching them at such an early age, I can never figure out how people can't just click into oh it's just a movie. But some people they get so wrapped up in it, don't they? It just fucking freaks them right out. Some films, yeah. But it's suggestibility though, isn't it? It's not. I think for a lot of people. Yes, they can get scared and frightened while they're watching a film, but like me and you and Andrew and whoever else, they can just be like, right, that was a film. Once the film stop finishes, it's over. But some people retain that feeling. Mm-hmm. So that like, you know, you know the the idea like 
you know, you switch a light off in a room, but you think someone might be in the corner of the room. Yeah. That's that's suggestibility, I think, is why some people don't watch horror films because they they still think about it long after. I tell you, someone who I know, my sister um, can't take, like, this is the weird thing, like, she finds horror films way too intense, but she still watches them. She likes to, she loves watching horror movies, but she genuinely gets, like, traumatised big time. Like, she, she, she has nightmares about them and stuff, but she's always, like, she'll always put herself through it. It's really weird. It's like it's like a hot curry or something, you know. She just <laughs> she just goes for it. Like I remember, like I always remember my sister. She could now when we when I when she was a kid, she would always ask to sit in and watch a horror film, and I'd be like, "Kel, you're gonna like scream and stuff." And she was like, "No, no, I wanna I wanna try it out." And I always remember like The Shining. We watched The Shining together, and she was okay. But you know the bit at the end when he it cuts and he's frozen. She was crying her eyes out, but she couldn't deal with that. It freaked her out so much. I just. I'm so so terrified, like guy. It was weird. Like, what would you rather add? Would you rather watch a horror film or eat a hot curry? Like the good horror film for me. I love a good horror movie. Yeah, I do. I'm the same as you. Do you know why? Why? Because I am gonna think about the horror film the morning after. Yeah. Uh, I was just about to say I love a curry, but I just don't love it the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun, is it? It's not fun. No, but uh, yeah. Not when it comes out looking like it did before he went in. <laughs> when you eat a hot curry, it comes out looking like an horror movie. Eh. <laughs> when you have hot curry, it's a horror movie the next day. And eh, that's what I'm talking about. What are we on? Favourite scenes? We well, favorite- if, if, any more favourite scenes. Um, if not, we'll move on to changes. We were on favourite aspects just now, weren't we? Yeah, no, they've merged. Oh, okay, they've merged. My favourite scene of this film, right? I, I And I like the film from... A to B, I think the entire film is great. I, I love the film, right? But I love the ending of this movie. I think it's got one of the best endings to a horror movie in that, like, I just love that, like, I love it when Marilyn Burns or Sally escapes the, 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 the Sawyer house. And I love, I love the fucking hitchhike again, flattened by that lorry. I think that's, I just, I think that's a great death. I'm always like, I, you just, I just, my, my pulse goes up when that comes on because I find it so, it just ratchets up and it's just great, like. But um, but I, I my favorite moment is the bit when he's swinging, like the picture behind me, when he's swinging the chainsaw at the end into the air, and the way it just hard cuts to the credits because it feels like the film never ends and it just goes on this forever loop. And I just think that like, so even though she does escape, they're still there, and some other group of hitchhikers are going to happen upon that house one day. And it's like. I always wanted to know what happened to the lorry driver. Well, I had to sort of rewind the movie because I was just like, where's the lorry driver gone? And he I just physically... keeps running, doesn't he? Yeah, he keeps running, forgets about the girl, and he's just like bombing down the road. Oh, man, can you imagine being like that lorry driver just, just doing a normal shift and that fucking shit goes down in front of you? But he was like, what the fuck's going on by you? Yeah, no. no uh, if it was today, he'd probably be on his phone. He wouldn't notice he'd run yeah. someone over. You just ploughed someone down. You think, oh, fuck, I'm going to prison you, ploughing someone down. And all of a sudden, someone's coming after you with a chainsaw. You're like, shit. Hell of a shot. <laughs> Hell of a shot with that spanner, though, isn't it? Yeah. You got frunk right on chainsaws. Um, that, was like, that was like a hitman shot, wasn't it? That was great. It was just like, frunk. Great stuff. But yeah, um, that's my favourite scene in the movie. I, I, I have other favourites, but like, you know, I'll be, I'll just be reeling off them all night. So let's just uh, move on to changes, is it? Um, I'll start with one, um, Franklin. I don't, oh. partic- don't particularly like the character. I don't particularly like the acting 
And I, I hate saying about that, about a particular individual, but I don't think he plays him very well. Yeah, you took my change there. And um, I was saying this to Prog, because you were saying last night when you Prog, you didn't find him that annoying. Not but, that, no, not as annoying as you were making out he was anyway. Can I ask a question then before you go any further? Did anyone else laugh at the beginning of the film when he falls down the banking? Liz I, did. I he burst wasn't. out laughing. I, I, I for, totally forgotten it was there. And I felt really bad afterwards then because I just laughed out loud about a guy in a wheelchair going over a banking. Yeah, but it's like laughing if someone falls over in the street, isn't it? You'd laugh. Or, you know, some people laugh because some, some people find that funny. If you find it funny, you find it funny. Doesn't mean, uh, you, wish, doesn't mean you wish ill on him, does it? When this, um, this is a little bit blurred into the first action here, but when this film... Came this film had a remaster in 2005. Um, I don't remember, they had a black DVD cover with the chainsaw in the corner. Do you remember that box set? Yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two discs. Now, that is when everyone in my school saw it. I mean, I would have been 14, 15 when that came out, but it just it really took off, right? And like everyone in my school watched it. And um, Texas Chainsaw Mask had this like buzz around it. Everyone was like, Oh, we've seen it, it's great, it's great. But there was a kid in my school that looked like Franklin, there was a boy in my school that looked like Franklin. <laughs> and everyone used to go Franklin like that to him because of that film but another thing he used to do remember when he goes into the house and he's doing that annoying laugh he's going eh, like that to the to the ceiling oh, people doing that? yeah people used to do that to him all the time he was just this overweight kid I'm not going to say his name in case he ever listens to this podcast on the I don't want to bring back any memories but yeah people used to go like that to him eh, like that to him all the time in the corridor um, you don't need to give his name he already knows he's oh he rock- knows yeah. he's rocking in the corner but he had, he had, the thing is with him, he was a, he was an overweight lad, but he had like the big, you know, like the red rosy cheeks sort of look when someone's quite fat, but he had those big bushy eyebrows and the hair, like Franklin, he just looked a lot like him. And like, he just used to get teased mercilessly for it. And he didn't like it at all. He really fucked him off. He used to go, Franklin. I bet he would. I got all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just always remember that. But um, did you, I mean, you guys, well, 2005, how old would you have been in 2005? You pay. 24. Yeah. I was about 15, but so like I was in school. Oh, but like, is that the only reason you asked? No, 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 because like I'm just thinking in school, this film really took off again. It was like almost like a brand new horror movie. Did you guys see the same thing when that DVD set came out with the um the black cover? Like a lot of people watched it and stuff. Um really, I think I think I rented it. I'm pretty sure I did from Blockbuster. Hmm. Or, or I remember I remember buying that. Box set of it, the black box of it. No longer the two disc set. Yeah, I I, I've never owned it. Um, I don't know if I ever owned it. Shame he's not on the podcast. I, I think he had a copy of it. I can't imagine Evan watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He seems too friendly for this film. He, he is a sensitive lad, but um, yeah, no, I'll have, we'll ask him. But yeah. I think he had it. Um, all right, yeah. So one of my changes is Franklin. I I don't know if Franklin is needed in there as a character. What what, what do you guys think? An extra destiny. Yeah, well, he, he is kind of needed because you need him for, like, I don't know, he's just... You can say that with any character, though, couldn't you, really, except Marilyn Burns. Is anyone needed, really? They're all just fucking fodder, and they, really, for Leatherface and to... Um, and also, it's great. I love his death when he's chainsawed up mm. in the chair. Probably the most gruesome death in the movie, actually. I I haven't got that uh, any changes, per se. The only... The only thing I thought about rewatching it was the first 25 minutes up until you see Leatherface. That's not to say they're not good. I think for 
a movie as old as it is, it still holds up quite well. But I did feel it dragging somewhat until it got to Leatherface. So, like, if I, if like, I know there's been a remake, so it doesn't matter now, but if you were to redo it, I would just find a way to, like, make those first 24 minutes more compelling, if you could. Like, maybe the dialogue you could make better between the, the kids, but... I think it's a bit of a sign of the times of that type of film and the budget it had. You know, yeah. uh, you know you've got a... What, what was the budget? Yeah, I got it here. 80, 80 grand. Yeah. Um, you know, you... you yeah, with eighty grand, you're not probably getting the best actors in the world, um, and you know the script writing may not be as top quality as well. So you got to give it some sort of leeway, haven't you? Yeah, I think I tell you what change I have. But this is such a this is such a um a reach. This is me really. This is and this is more of a thing of watching it on such high quality Blu-rays and now like you get because obviously back in the day we'd watch them on a four by three TV, but you do notice some of the special effects a little bit more sometimes. And one of the things I always thought was much stronger was the look of grandpa. I always thought grandpa looked more realistic when I was younger. It's just and a guy I, in a mask. Isn't he? It is. Yeah. You can see that plain as day <laughs> now when you watch it on digital HD tallies and stuff, but whatever, but, um, but a, a big scare the film gave me when I was a kid uh, was um, when he sucks Sally's thumb when you realise he's alive. Because mm. it's a bit of a twist. For me, it was anyway, but he's actually alive. Well, yeah, he and looks I, like he looks dead, doesn't he? He looks like he's decomposed. Yeah. But when he actually, like, moves and he starts sucking her thumb, I remember that it's, there's, there's something so perverse and weird about that anyway. But when I when I first ever saw it, I remember jumping up and being like, oh, man, he's alive. Like, just, and it really added to it. Like, I just, that image was just so horrible to me when I was younger. Um, yeah, but also you got to think about the way he moves because he moves yeah. so slowly. It's unsettling as well, isn't it? Yeah, he's just barely alive, isn't he, Grandpa? He's still alive in number two as well, by the way. Grandpa's in number two, so like <laughs> ten years later, he's still going, he's still weird. sucking those fingers, still sucking them, still sucking them fingers. Um, I had one last question. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, the girl in the freezer. So, are you are, are we saying then she's still alive, or it's not like a reaction where the body reacts after it's dead? You know, oh no, I took it as she was still slightly alive. That's how he looks in there, isn't it? Because she's knocking it, I think. Ah, oh, right. I didn't see. I didn't sort God. of notice that bit. Okay, that makes sense. I tell, I tell you what, though, I know that the games came after, but I guess such like Resident Evil vibes from that scene. Like, I think you could tell. Well, well. That inspired the Resi games, that bit which she's in the freezer and you open it up and she bursts out. I think it's like Resi 1 when you go in the bathtub and the zombies in there waiting for yeah. you. Video, I'm taking this on a video game tangent, I am, Andrew. But uh, yeah, yeah we, we're losing prog. Let's bring him back. <laughs> but um, you know what? There is a Texture Chainsaw Massacre video game being made at the moment. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's being made, it's in production right now. And there is a game from back in the day. I don't know if you found this on your research, Andrew. No, this is new. It's an Atari game, isn't it? It's an Atari game, yeah, by a company called Wizard Video Games. And uh, uh, famously, as an uh, angry video game near, near the episode, but I've just got some screen. If you go on Google Images and look at some of the screenshots, it looks like a great game. <laughs> yeah, looking at it now. Yeah, I was going to say it's got ET vibes. 
It's better. It's obviously got better background than ET. I, that's not Atari though. That's that, I think that's probably like that looks like ZX Spectrum. Yeah. What console was it on? Oh, it is Atari. Yeah. Don't make him after. Yeah, but uh, I do love the. I do love how naff that looks. Uh, right. Let's think about wrapping this up. Um, yeah. So, final question we always ask. Would you recommend Ad? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think it's a... And, like, I I know we always do that thing where we're like, oh, yeah, I'd recommend it, but only to certain people. But I reckon anyone who wants a good horror movie could watch this because it's, like, I reckon it's got quite a good, timeless, creepy feel to it as well. So I think it, I reckon it holds up for people who just tend to like more modern-day movies as well. Mm. Pro? Oh, I'd recommend it, yeah. I think right. it's still very good. I'm going to do... A slight Evan quicker, and I think this podcast has swayed me slightly. I was originally going to say no, I wouldn't. Wow! And the reason why we why we going to say that? The reasons being, I I I I don't know. I thought it hadn't aged as well, but the more and bear in mind now, I'd written my notes directly after watching the film. And the more I thought about it over the last 48 hours, the more we've chatted about it now, I think I would recommend it. So, yeah, you guys have totally swayed me. There you go. So, um, there we go. Three recommends. Adam's going off, Adam's going off the masturbate now. I was, I was literally <laughs> about to, I was not just, quote, I was about to rip my computer out of the wall and <laughs> plug and everything. And you had said no. I was like, no. Uh, yeah, so a couple of facts from me, as we always do. Budget eighty thousand. Budget as as we mentioned earlier, it returned just shy of forty million. So I don't know if that's the original box office or anything that came afterwards, but that's the figure that I've got off the internet. I think I read as well, but this is one of those cases because this happened quite a lot back in the day. It famously happened to George A. Romero with like Night of the Living Dead, but. Uh, none of the crew or our cast really made any money back from it. Like everyone kind of got fucked over in the in the distribution deal so no, um right. i don't think toby ever and I, th- I think that's why he did i don't think he ever saw his fee for this come back sadly hmm. shame um it, texas chainsaw massacre wasn't the original title it had working titles of head cheese which if anyone has seen the film would know what that refers to and also had another working title of Leatherface, which was then changed um i think as the film was finished and went into um sort of promotion i'm gonna say something now i think the title of this film is one of the greatest titles ever yeah i think that's because like that's what i mean like it's that title when my nan told me about this when i was younger the texas chainsaw massacre i was like what the hell and it maybe it stayed in my mind for years before i even saw it so Powerful. It made me think of what the film could be about as well. Well, it is powerful. It's in the sense of it tells you where it's happening. It tells you sort of like with what it's happening and what happens afterwards, if that makes any sense. You know, it's in Texas. It's people are, you know, it's potentially killing with a chainsaw. I've got to be honest, like, head cheese, though. If someone said to me, have you ever seen a film called Head Cheese? I'd be like, what the? F-? I, I would still be like, what's that? <laughs> That's, that sounds like an early Peter Jackson film. I know, but if someone said to you, like, have you ever seen Head Cheese? It's been banned for years. You're like, what's that? You know what I mean? So maybe they should have called it Head Cheese. But with Head Cheese, I think I would expect more gore and 80s B-horror type violence and gore 
than I would from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I never used the term head cheese outside of this film. Oh, it is a thing as well. Ugh. Google head cheese. <laughs> I just did now. It's like a, oh. what's that called? Like a terrine of jelly and meat. Oh, mate, that looks... I bet they eat that in Newcastle. I bet Evans, I bet Evans at home right now tucking into a nice head cheese sandwich with some peas put in next to it. <laughs> he's probably looking at his fingers right now as I'm saying this bit on the podcast. He's oh, just that, uh, I, seeing that just brought back a memory for me. I went to one of Rachel's family members, not going to say who, and for dinner, a night after a night out, and I was quite hungover, and we went there for like lunch. And I think like cold terrine was served, which looked very much like that head cheese. And so when you hang over, oh, it wasn't a pleasant, um, it wasn't a pleasant yes. one at all. Oh, oh. Not, that sounds rough. <laughs> if you want to do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre themed trying out thing, I've just found there's a place online which sells tinned head cheese. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this and it looks. <laughs> Why do you always come back to food? No, but like tinned head cheese looks abysmal. I if you it's called salsa. It's from Germany. It's called like salsa sauce. Can I just say now that I I Evan or Andrew should have to taste this because me and you did the last one. <laughs> Didn't Evan do one though? What have we done? We done peas pudding. Didn't we do something else? I can't remember. I don't we did no, we did the no we did you you and Evan did the nice one we had those ice cups. Oh yeah, we didn't really do that on camera though, did we? No. Yeah, like oh head cheese terrine. Should we um oh. I go on? If if we get it, I'll I'll do it. Well, I'm gonna put a link by you, right? You can open up the link right now. I want you to I want Prog to open up the link and just look at the pictures of it because it's seven pounds ninety five to have it delivered or seven dollars ninety five. I, oh. reckon we, I reckon we can get that in this country for less. Has it got any reviews or ad? Or don't know how I feel about that. Have you seen the picture of it? I, I I wouldn't try that. I would if um if if um enough people asked us to, if we added a big out public outcry for it, I'd I'd give it a go for a laugh. Right, can I can I just tell you what the ingredients are? Because it doesn't sound that bad. I can show you what the ingredients are. It's pork, pork skins, water, salt, natural spices, and sodium nitrate. That's yeah, but it. the pork, but the word pork is like that's the thing, isn't it? It's like that's what it is. <laughs> and for the, 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 the listeners won't see this, but it's, we've got like a half a pig's head in a pan being sautéed with some. It's the snout. Know, it's the pig's snout. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll do it. But with so, a bit of bread and butter on the side, me and Ev will do it. I, I look, I'll do it as well. We can meet up in person and we'll do a salt say sauce, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, head cheese food testing video. I'll get the views in, but <laughs> I'll get the views in. Uh it, I, I'm I've got to show you this before we go. Sorry. That looks bad. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... That's a full pig's head. It's even what? got an eyeball. He's looking at me. It's like, ee, ee. that is fucking buzzing. Like, all <laughs> oh, right, come on, let's wrap this up on that note. Um, yeah, podcasts come out every Wednesday. I'm saying this, but.
but we did have a conversation the other day where we might change the day. But as things stand, podcasts come out every Wednesday. Check out our social media and also check out our YouTube channel. Cheers, all. Ad. Goodbye. <laughs>